0: slavery still exists. It might look differently now than it did in our history books. But it's real, it's happening, and it's dreadful. The poor, the desperate, the marginalized, left unprotected, often find themselves forced to work without pay under threat of violence unable to walk away. Trapped in bonded labor, sex slavery, indentured servitude, children forced to fight, women and girls harmed in unthinkable ways, terrible tasks, cruel conditions with seemingly no way out. which is why I'm thankful for my guest today, Bukeni Waruzi. He joins us from an organization called Free the Slaves. They're working worldwide to end modern day slavery, to free the ones trapped in it, and to restore them to a life of freedom and dignity.
1: There are more than 40 million people trapped in modern slavery. There is still many people out there waiting for Free the Slaves services to come and help them
0: Bukani is an inspiring guy. You'll enjoy getting to know him today as he shares this organization's heart and vision and his own very personal story. On this edition of the Edge of Adventure podcast, as together we strive to free the slaves. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. This is the Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. Welcome back, everybody. Great to have you. Today, we have the privilege of getting to know an organization called Free the Slaves, and we have their executive director joining me for the program today, Bukani Waruzi. So, Bukani, first of all, I just want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for taking the time.
1: No, thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and your audience.
0: Bukeni, a question comes to
1: mind. Are there slaves today? Thank you again for the question, Adam. That's quite a very important question. Of course, the topic we're going to discuss today uh, relates to that question. The the question is very important, you know, because somehow we thought that slavery has ended uh, with the uh, Emancipation Proclamation and really the end of colonialism in Africa or or really, the the end of you know you know a slave trade back in the 18th century, but really it has just changed and took the different shapes and forms. For example, in the past uh, we had people uh, selling others and and buying hum- other human being. Today that has changed. It has a different form, and the form it it has taken range from sexual exploitation, sexual slavery to human trafficking, forced labor, child labor, forced prostitution, domestic servitude, all of those are forms of modern slavery. That's where that terminology of modern slavery comes from. But really, the mindset, the philosophy is the same. Someone in a position of power coerce the other human being to what he wants. That is still the same mentality.
0: Bukeni Waruzi is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure. He's executive director at Free the Slaves. and This is an organization that, that I've known about for at least the last couple of years and really have looked forward to this opportunity to get, you know, to dig in a little deeper to their work. I know this is an important topic, and it's inspiring, really, when you look at the work that they do and the different places that they work. So let's move to that topic next, Bukeni where do you work? Where are the the main areas of concentration where Free the Slaves is able to get involved and make a difference?
1: Yes, uh, there are so many places where Free the Slaves is involved and make a difference. Of course, of course, we can talk about what the difference is Free the Slave makes, but really, in in terms of a geographical location, Free the Slaves works in all over the world. We work in Asia, uh, especially India. Nepal and Vietnam and the Philippines. Uh, we work in the, the Middle East, in Lebanon, Qatar, and Jordan. Uh, we also work in Africa, uh, both in West Africa, um, in Central Africa, and in East Africa. And we also work in the Caribbean, especially in Haiti, also Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago. And lastly, no, no, not least, we also work in, in Latin America, in, in the Dominican Republic, in Mexico, but also in Guatemala and Salvador. So as you can see the map, we work on in those different places. But here is the key, Adam. Our work is centrally located in the local communities. Wherever we work in these countries, we work in local communities, and one goal is to bring the change at local level. Uh, what that change is, to change the conditions that allow more than slavery to exist. And those conditions really range from poverty, uh, climate change, racial injustices. Those are kind of the big drivers, among the the big drivers of to slavery.
0: Bukeni Waruzi is my guest today here on The Edge of Adventure, joining us from... Free the Slaves. He's the executive director there. And Bugeni, let's talk about that approach that Free the Slaves has to invest in the communities and to really approach this at the community level. If a community is falling victim to this practice, to slavery, it's not something that's just affecting one person or one family. I have to imagine that it's affecting a group of people.
1: Yes, slavery at community level affects quite a huge number of people. You know, many communities are devastated by the issue. Why at local level? Uh, Because at local level, you find uh, some of the practices and traditions that are conducive of modern slavery. For example, if you look at the issue of female genital mutilation, it really one of the practices that we're trying to fight at local level, because uh, these are kind of a part of the traditions in some communities. Or you may find uh, in other communities issues around child soldiers, uh, those children being forced to be recruited and being enlisted in the armies. Those are issues that we find at local communities. And why again? But because also the solutions, are there, the solutions are to come at local communities and that's where they should be also implemented. So the the focus At local communities for for free the slaves is the backbone of our programming, uh, the the way we envision programs, and also our methodology as well. So, you know, where we build the capacity of these communities to be resilient, uh, we build the capacity of this community to resist modern slavery through targeted programs and actions. At local level, that's what really makes a a big difference and really lead to change in really most of the time.
0: Mukandi, what are a couple of those programs at the local level that help so much to thwart the practice of slavery and to keep people from falling victim to this? What are some of the programs that you guys have found to be effective?
1: There are so many that are uh, effective, but, you know, what we try to do, On, I mean, so, so, so many programs, uh, amongst them include uh, capacity building of local communities, how to really uh, build the capacity so that they can identify, so that they can prevent, but also so that they can make sure they can hold uh, perpetrators uh, accountable. Um, So change also, you know, um, uh, we do also advocacy at local level to mobilize local community to fight uh, modern slavery in any shape or forms that might be. Uh, We also make sure we do local research to identify uh, key approaches and methodologies that are best of addressing modern slavery at local level. And really, we also work, you know, to do partnerships and rescues, you know, there are so many girls and and women trapped in modern slavery, whether from sexual or slavery uh, to the, the domestic servitude. So, or maybe kids uh, being trapped in fishing industry in many countries or folks being trapped in bonded labor. Uh, so our work is to rescue them, to get them out of that state uh, where they are trapped. But also we work with local groups, we partner to really uh, create interventions that are strategic and really impactful that can curb uh, more more than slavery. And last, last not least, uh, we build movement at local and global level to build a movement where with survivors, uh, we work with local communities to really educate everybody a local community about, um, you know, about what more than slavery is and what they can do to prevent and also protect the victims, but also to make sure we really, it is, you know, some of those practices of preventing and protecting are really uh, emboldened into local practices and culture.
0: Bukeni Waruzi is my guest today here on the show for the Edge of Adventure podcast. He's executive director at Free the Slaves, and we're talking about their work worldwide. We're talking about the topic of slavery, the fact that it still exists, and perhaps its form or the way that it exists or the, the shape that it takes is different perhaps than than maybe the image we we grew up with or that we know from the history books, but it still exists. Slavery still exists, and thanks to organizations like Free the Slaves, many, many people are being freed getting on with their lives and life after slavery. So let me ask you about that. When someone has been victimized and they found themselves in this type of servitude, trapped in this type of slavery, and then thanks to Free the Slaves, you guys come in and you you help to rescue them, which is amazing. What's their life like, though, after that?
1: The impact of slavery is really huge. Of course, we cannot put estimate. Because there's nothing you can compare with. Uh, so he has a toll on the mental health. Uh, you have trauma issues that are very, very critical when someone uh, has been uh, rescued from slavery. And really, it impacts the whole future at an individual level, but also at family level, but uh, also at the whole community. Imagine a, a woman who was taken from Kenya in domestic servitude in, let's say, um, Lebanon, because there are so many in the situation where they are really abused sexually. They have nowhere to go, nothing to tell. And all of those are things that they did not even think could happen. When they come back, they face many issues from trauma, psychological effect from the experience. They also face challenges in terms of how to rebuild their life again. Those are very big challenges. Now, those we can talk about, you know, the reintegration of those survivors or victims, that is really a a very big, big issue because we have also to make sure uh, really the community where they will be welcomed is ready. But by ready meaning that they can be, again, considered as, you know, children from the community where the community can support them as they try to rebuild their lives. But really, the impact is a long lasting impact, but really uh, they are very brave. They are very brave human beings, uh, the, the way they cope with it uh, going into, into communities, despite many challenges, in, including how to rebuild, you know, in communities that are ravaged by poverty, where livelihood becomes a challenge. So those are kind of things that they find. And Free the Slaves always comes to really help by providing the means and resources To help the victims rebuild their lives and find their ways again. Some of them are taken into school to get some more education again. Some of them are doing, I can't going into non official school where they can learn uh, some of the job and also acquire new skills. Uh, So, free the slaves really work at community level to make sure that we can find uh, ways where uh, these survivors or victims of modern slavery can rebuild their life and reintegrate the community again. But it is it's really very challenging in most of the time.
0: Well, Candy, this is something that Free the Slaves, the organization, has been doing for quite some time. Tell me a little bit about the history of the organization, where it got its start, and the impact that it's had through the years.
1: Yes, Free the Slaves is one of the founding organizations of the modern slavery The movement around the world, Uh, while the organization was founded in the year 2000, uh, worked in many places around the world, from Asia to Africa to Latin America to the Caribbean. And the bulk of the work has been how to build the resilience and the resistance in communities affected by modern slavery. I have explained the different form, you know, shape and form of modern slavery. So these are issues that we've been working throughout the world in many places. For example, one of the countries where we have worked for many years is India, um, where we have uh, really uh, rescued people uh, trapped in bonded labor, in bricks killing, in no- northern India, in the Uttar Pradesh region. And this has been really very successful, where we have been able, you know, around the world to free more than 14,000 people uh, since our creation. So it's been quite a huge success. But guess what? Uh, we are still doing th- doing this. Uh, we are still trying to rescue because many people fall into slavery almost every day. Uh, of course, we don't have the current estimate, but it is estimated that none but Today, as of today, the official estimate is that there are more than 40 million people trapped in modern slavery. So there is still many people there out there waiting for free slave services to come and help take them out of of, slavery. But also, we need to prevent this from happening. How do we prevent it, but also try to educate the community? So we've been there for many years. We've been really uh, building the capacity of many communities to make sure, you know, they can learn, uh, they can acquire skills and knowledge that will will allow them to be resilient and resistant to modern slavery throughout the world.
0: Bukendi Waruzi is my guest today, Executive Director at Free the Slaves. One of the things that comes up or that I've seen you guys talk about is a uh, liberation toolkit. Tell me about that.
1: Back in 2015, we we started developing tools that we can equip communities so that they can resist and be resilient to modern slavery. So the community liberation toolkit is one of the tools uh, that we deploy uh, through trainings and capacity building for local communities, but we also use them in advocacy as well. For example, we we, we have had uh, four modules uh, that include uh, mobilization and education, um, uh, reintegration of victims and survivors, rule of law, because in many communities, uh, that is one of the gaps, also livelihood, for victims and survivors. So we have really developed, I mean, we have so far developed three modules and also translated those in different languages, uh, whether from French uh, to English through uh, Spanish and Arabic. And then right, right now we are de- developing the fourth modules which focuses on livelihood uh, for victims and survivors. Uh, so these are tools really that we have used uh, throughout and the impact is really great. Uh, for example, I was in Ghana where, where I saw uh, my my team there in Ghana that's working to prevent and protect children uh, trapped in the f- fishing industry in Lake Volta region, uh, you know, they're young, as young as five taken and then, be, you know, you know, really become fishermen. and And then you can imagine they have to do that. Despite their will, they are obliged to do so by the families, by the core community, but also the living conditions also oblige them to go that. Uh, so uh, I've seen how we have trained local communities there. To make sure they can be empowered to prevent, you know, their kids from going into fishing, but taking them into education, formal schools. Uh, we have also seen how these toolkits were really deployed to train women to build uh, small saving initiatives, where they can uh, do small-scale businesses in initiatives to overcome the issue of poverty. Uh, so we have used really these tools to empower communities that we do support on the ground. Uh, We have worked with partners as well uh, that are working, uh, you know, that are on the front lines to train them uh, to acquire new skills, new learnings, and also new knowledge as uh, they try to improve, to innovate every day, adapt to new situations uh, as they come.
0: You're listening to The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher, and we will get right back to my conversation with Bukeni Waruzi of Free the Slaves in just a moment. But I wanted to take a minute and invite you to the brand new mobile app and community that I call Rugged Compass. Rugged Compass is the growing international community of those who seek adventure and purpose. It's a mobile app, and it combines the best aspects of social media, podcasting, streaming, and live video, bringing it all together into a network of those who value people, places, and things that matter. Featuring travel, culture, language, humanitarian service, kindness, and a vision for a better world, Rugged Compass takes us beyond status quo into life's greatest adventure. Look for it in app stores. It's available for iPhone, for Android, for your iPad, and your tablet. We are the global network of those who are called to live bravely for something bigger than ourselves. Join us. Make the journey. You're not alone. Find out more at ruggedcompass.com. That's ruggedcompass.com. And now let's get back to my conversation with Bukeni Waruzi. He is the executive director at Free the Slaves. And he's my guest today right here on The Edge of Adventure podcast. Bukendi. let's talk now a little bit about your story. What brought you to leadership in an organization like this?
1: Yeah. Um, My story, how I started to get into the leadership of Free the Slaves, is that the issue, first, is not uh, a strange issue. It's a very familiar issue to me. I was born and raised in in the Democratic Republic of Congo in Africa, uh, where I happened to find myself in, in the middle of the war, where many children were being abducted and taken by militia group and other parties in conflict to become soldiers and child soldiers one of the form of uh, modern slavery. I saw trying to work to rescue some of the the, the kids, taking them back home and reintegrate them in communities and taking them to school. Uh, That kind of work that I did, you know, when I started my career in human rights, uh, activism. And I then took the case of child soldier in the Congo to the International Criminal Court to make sure, you know, this kind of impunity is prosecuted. And you know, we were all happy to see that one war, warlord, Thomas Lubanga, was sentenced to 14 years in prison for using child soldier in, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So that was a big success. And we know that one of the worst forms of child labor, which is you know, slavery, is child soldier. To recruit someone under the age of 15 or, or 18 and make them become combatant, Is a crime. So coming into that kind of world where I then you know joined other big organizations in Africa, in Europe, but also in America really prepared me to take a leadership role for the slaves, both from a practical experience, but also from A leadership experience. That's how you know. I really feel good to be leading Free the Slaves at this very critical moment. And really, we just released our new strategic plan, uh, which is a ten-year plan that really defines, uh, you know, where Free free the Slaves, uh, what Free the Slaves intend to do in in the next ten years to make sure we eradicate modern slavery in local communities.
0: How do we, as listeners, viewers from around the world, how can we participate in helping in this way, helping to stop this? How can we combat modern slavery if someone living their normal life and whatever their home is and whatever their home city is, maybe they think, you know, I don't think slavery is necessarily something that I come into contact with, but how can we be a part of the solution?
1: Being part of the solution is to make sure we are not being part of the problem. And there are many ways uh, we really happen to be in position of not being part of the solution just by ignorance. So I think the first thing I will recommend is to get educated on the issue how modern slavery occurs, you know, how do we make sure we don't contribute to modern slavery. For example, uh, when we buy some goods from our outside, we don't know how do those goods are made. And many of them might be made by, you know, might be as a result of child uh, labor. Um, you know, we we'll have many kids working in the agriculture Industry or other industries outside, you know, United States. Uh, so the question is, how aware are we when we buy those kind of goods? Second, modern slavery occurs everywhere. It doesn't mean because we are in the United States that means there is no modern slavery. It exists. We have so many. If you go, for example, in the West Coast, you you'll find some of the girls being used in in different palos where uh, they are being used as as really sexual slaves by their masters. So these are kind of issues that happen. We have to be aware, we have to be educated and make sure we do not participate or encourage, even though we don't know, so uh, that doesn't happen anymore. But also I want to people who are listening to think how to support free the slaves. Well, of course, all this information, you can find them on our web website, uh, you know, www.freetheslaves.net, where you can find all this information in terms of what action you can take, uh, what to learn about modern slavery, what free the slaves intend to do. And if you happen to be in one of these countries where free the slaves work, you can find our team, you can learn about our, our, our work, And really, you can really, uh, you know, uh, support free the slaves as we we fight to eradicate more modern slavery everywhere. So these are kind of the three actions that I think, you know, if we collectively take them, we will, I mean, really, we we can help both protect and also prevent people from entering more, more modern slavery around the world.
0: My guest today here on The Edge of Adventure is Bukendi Warusi, executive director at Free the Slaves. And we're talking today about modern-day slavery, and of course, as we've already established, modern-day slavery might not look like it looked or in the history books or like it looked in the past, but the issue still exists, and thank, I'm very thankful for organizations like Free the Slaves that are working against that and working to free those and give them freedom. Now, those who have been trapped in this type of modern-day slavery. How is it that a child gets recruited and brought in to be a child soldier? I think for so many of us, that is such a foreign concept. How does that happen, Bukhani?
1: Yes, sure. Um, Child soldiers might seem to be a faraway concept from the the United States but there are many ways you can see these big powers also participate in the process. So these militias or armies they go invade you know certain communities and find young people uh, five seven 9 10, 12, 13 and then they take them by force. Unlist them and then take them away from their homes, from their communities, from their parents, and put them in a training camp. So when the child is there, has nowhere to go, nobody to talk to, and they start to be kind of brainwashing them to seed in them new mentality, new education as they have to be fighting. So that's how that transformation, while it may take one year, but the impact of that transformation may take the whole, you know, the entire future of the child. Now, that process, you see these commanders, et cetera, they have weapons, they have uniform, but in countries like Congo, they don't manufacture weapons. You have, you know, these kids, when they go into the camp, they are given AK-47, for example. Congo does not manufacture AK-47s. These are coming from Russia, from the United States, uh, from, you know, you know, from Canada, from all these Western countries, France, whatever. Now, why will these countries do that? They invest in, in this kind of war because there are huge returns, and one of the huge returns is they have access to cheaper mines. Uh, you know, many of the tools that we do use, the raw materials are coming from countries like Congo. The laptops of the, or, or, of the or, or the cell phones that we use, some of the raw materials that are used to manufacture these tools that we use are coming from a mineral, Colton and the coltan you find it in congo in a huge proportions so when they fight there these western companies invest in these militia groups in this war also that they can get easy access to the minerals so you have that kind of cycle where uh, this issue of child soldier might be seen as a far away issue but in one ways in in on the other side These Western countries, through their corporations and also these multinational companies, they participate in the process of making child soldiers, and that is wrong.
0: Bukendi Warusi is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure, executive director from Free the Slaves. You guys work all over, so I know the stories are varied. They are different depending on the location, and I'm sure there's many different types of scenarios in each of these locations. One of the things that I saw on your website an area that you guys work in pretty, pretty heavily is Brazil. Talk to me about the situation in Brazil. Modern day slavery in Brazil is happening how?
1: Yeah, so in Brazil, uh, we, we, we have the issue working with indigenous communities that are trapped, for example, in the Amazons, where indigenous lands is being taken away. So you have so many communities that are used to their indigenous land, making a living on those lands. But now they have to be taken away, they have to be chased because the corporations want to invest into woods and other uh, natural resources in the Amazon. And you have so many of these in the indigenous communities with no land nowhere to go. And they're being trapped into, you know, really begging and try to find a place. That's how, you know, you find them trapped into, I mean, you know, they become trapped into modern slavery because they want to make a living and their space is, is being taken. So, it, you, know, you know, that is one of the issues that we want to really working on. And also, of course, you know, the effect of climate change is also huge because, you know, climate change, some of the waters, in the forest in the amazon is being dried uh, so that also makes these communities move places to to places and they have no way to go as they they move that way they become you know vulnerable to human trafficking because you know the traffickers are there everywhere and in brazil because of, of the the you know you know very weak legal framework it is very hard to really put a dent because you know corruption is, is really a, a huge issue uh, so how to curb uh, the issue of modern slavery in brazil becomes one of the issues that free the slaves is trying to work on but, but you know i should note that uh, we worked in brazil for many years in the past uh, but recently we're trying to see how we can change the focus
0: well, Kenny, you know, I'm asking these types of questions specifically in these areas and the, the, the ways that modern slavery is manifest in these different locations. And again, I know that you can't generalize. I mean, it's not the same for every country. It's not the same. It's not the same for everybody in that single country. I understand it's very varied. And it's one of the reasons why what you guys do is so important. And I would say also very complex because you're dealing with a lot of different issues and different factors. You mentioned earlier the concept of children being recruited for the fishing industry, I believe. Help us understand that cycle. What's happening there?
1: Sure. That's a very good question, Adam. In the coastal region of Lake Volta in in Ghana, we have hundreds, if not thousands, of small children aged 8, 10, 12, 13, whom Only thing they know is go to fish and they're being sent by the communities, but also not having anything else to to do, they end up going into fishing. Where they face risks of uh, drowning or risk of really abandoning anything that has to do with, with their future, especially for education. So we find so many of these kids and really a child, once they start fishing, it becomes like the only thing they know to do in life. And they have no way of escaping because the whole community encourages them to go fishing and you know they can do for one for the first year, second, third, etc and their whole life is just like that. The government uh, while has put in place some policies to prevent and protect the children. However, the implementation of these policies re- remains problematic. What Free the Slaves is trying to do together with our local partners, especially the local partners such as PACODEP uh, or ING H or uh, Mihozo. we trying to make sure we can protect these kids from the effect of fishing, meaning, you know, try to after we, we free them, uh, we house them in a shelter, for sometimes as we try to help them see, you know, um, in terms of their mental health, make sure, you know, because they are very traumatized. Some of them are like, well, I I don't want to go back fishing, but where do I go next? Because I can't go back to my community anymore because I have betrayed them. They they sent me fishing. Now I'm I'm not going to, to fish anymore. That becomes a problem. So we try to make sure we can provide some intervention to protect them as they get out to try to rebuild their life. And then we also do some prevention by educating communities about the downside side of sending the kids into fishing. So we work both at local community to prevent and protect these kids from fishing. Here we're talking about not really 10, 12, 100. There are thousands of them. That's the only thing that they know. So in that, we're working with uh, the U.S. government, JTIP, to implement a program that is called the Child Compact Program that aims at preventing and really uh, rescuing these kids from getting into the fishing industry and providing them with uh, means and resources to help them rebuild their lives, especially for, you know, getting into education in Ghana. Uh, In Ghana is in West Africa. uh, That's where the Lake Volta, you know, a uh, region is, and that's where uh, we work uh, since two thousand sixteen or or seventeen uh, in partnership with some local partners, but also we, we in partnership with, with the U.S. government through the Child Compact Program.
0: Bukendi Wadusi is executive director at Free the Slaves, and he is our guest today here on the Edge of Adventure. And as we get ready to wrap up the show here, I'm going to ask one of my more philosophical questions folks that watch the show <laughs> know that I like to end with some of, of the more philosophical type questions and why are you devoting so much of your life to this fight
1: Ah, oh, wow that's a very good question Adam working on you know ensuring more, more than slavery isn't taking place anymore is one of the issue that I care very much of course there are so many if you look at on the aspect of growing up in Africa, seeing how so many kids are trapped in the mining sites where they are forced to to extract gold and, you know, other mineral from, um, you know, uh, from the mining site by force and looking at what the future of those kids is, um, uh, it's really heartbreaking. And that is really the call I have, how to contribute, how to bring my, my modest contribution to, to the fight against modern slavery. I've got a chance, I was educated, but I've seen so many of these kids, once they go into fishing or working in the mining site or being sexually you know, exploited as, let's say, sexual slaves, their whole life is really broken. And to rebuild, it's not easy. Um, so it's really a call for me to continue working and to make sure uh, some of these kids, or, and especially girls, are freed, are taken out of slavery, and to really see communities starting, really standing against modern slavery, uh, building the, the resilience of this community is really the motives that really makes me awake day and night uh, to make sure really it doesn't happen again. It ends completely. But I know it won't be easy. That's why, you know, I can think like that as me. But I'm hoping that many other people, especially those li- listening to this show, can also be inspired, uh, can also take a stand and really make sure uh, they act Against more than slavery. Any contribution is very welcome. Uh, of course, my, my, myself, I never underestimate mine. And I will also advise also you don't underestimate yours. Uh, your contribution will always be valuable. We need everybody's contribution so that we can eradicate uh, more than slavery uh, forever and for all.
0: Well, thank you so much. Bukeni Warusi has been my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure, Executive Director at Free the Slaves. And if you haven't already, please be sure to look them up at freetheslaves.net for more information about their work. It's a very thorough website. It is a very thorough organization. And if you feel led to get involved somehow to support them financially or otherwise, I encourage you to do so. Reach out to them. Let them know that you saw the program. And that you got to know Bukani a little bit today, and it was inspiring, and it's uh, part of why you want to get involved. And it's such an important thing, Bukhani. and I know that it's important to you. That goes uh, back for you for so many years. It's not just your time with Free the Slaves, but even before that, this was something you were fighting so very hard for. Bukhani, you're an inspiration. Thanks for your time today. What else do we need to know before we close the program?
1: No, I want to thank everybody. There are very many things that are interesting about Free the Slaves. Please go onto our website www.freetheslaves.net uh, to learn more. Uh, we have a new strategic plan where you can learn, and really will encourage everybody, to, you know, whoever wants, to contribute. Um, you know, never underestimate your contribution. Even a dollar is also good. And also, um, I try to learn some of the initiatives that we are organizing. And you can reach out via email, info at freedeslave.net. If you have any questions you want to follow up with me personally, or you need more information. And if you are a, a student, you are looking where you can do some internship. Please come to Free the Slaves. We'll be happy to help wherever we can. And uh, both in wherever our offices are, we'll be happy to really welcome. And then you can learn even more. You uh, you know, you know That can help maybe in, in your professional life as well. So I want to say, Adam, thank you so very much for this opportunity. Very much appreciated.
0: So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for what you do. And we will be back in touch very soon, I'm sure.
1: Thank you so much brother, A pleasure is all mine and I hope to be in touch of course.
0: My name is Adam Asher and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media, too. Just look for the hashtag #TheEdgeOfAdventure. of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.